Race matters. 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 As always, before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on Gadigal land right now of the Eora Nation. This land has been tended to for thousands of years by generations of Gadigal peoples before us. It'll continue to be a meeting place for sharing, sharing knowledge, stories, song uh, by generations after us. And we here at FBI Radio are privileged to do the same here today. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders, past, present and emerging. We're also broadcasting from Redfern. This is the birthplace of black theatre in this country and it's a site for resistance and resilience for Indigenous folk in Sydney. I'm Darren Lasagas. And I'm Sada Khan. Welcome we- to... Re- we're so off our game, we're ready for a break already. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Welcome to Race Matters. This is a show hosted by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. And these are big yarns that we are always having. They're very groundbreaking yarns. But, you know, they take its toll. And by our introduction right there, we obviously need a little bit of a rest. It's December, man. God (laughs) damn. How has this happened? How have we reached the end of 2019 already? And it's just really quite astounding how far we've come in this year. Um, just in this 12 months alone of doing Race Matters as a fully fleshed out show and what we've accomplished just in 12 months. Absolutely. It's the first year we've been on there as a program in its own right on the grid and it's a podcast as well, uh, which you haven't subscribed to yet. Please do. And uh, yeah, we've been very lucky to have been joined by some pretty incredible guests over the past uh, 12 months. Who've been some of your favourites, Sada? Um, Ooh. Oh, that's mean. I don't want to be like rating them, but I will. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Naika Gori. Yeah. They just were exactly what I imagined that interview to be like. Because I read Naika's work all the way through university. Their work really helped informed me on my own racial identity and my voice as a Aboriginal woman, but also my anger. Mm. They really had a strong way of teaching me about my anger and what it meant and how to employ it. So then when we got them on the show, it just was everything that I imagined. And they brought so much um, love into it as well. Like they came from a really raw place. So that was a really special one for me. And then Nana Kwame, I think as well, like Nana Kwame was just like super fun. Yeah. Yeah, he was just real dead. And we were right in the height of Game of Thrones as well, so we threw a little bit of Game of Thrones in there too. Um, yeah, and Felicia Fox. I was I was going to add her to my list of my, one of my some of my faves from this year. Mm. So good. Um, when I think of race matters and what we do and how we kind of reflect the community that we're in, and the most Sydney kind of uh, guest that I can think of is Benji Ra. Yes. Um, her uh, presence uh, anywhere that she is, any room that she she walks in is absolutely um, palpable and she's such an incredible um, representation of what it means to be um, connected to the so many cross sections of Sydney as a trans um, artist making yeah. um, making art in Sydney um, <clears throat> 
We also had some amazing writers come through. Alexander Chi, um, who was in Australia for Sydney Writers Festival. Um, I've been reading his stuff for a few years now, so it was a bit of a like a dream come true interview. Like oh, I remember, like same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like kind of putting this in with our uh, producer Tanya, being like, "Oh, it'd be amazing if we can get Benjamin." But you know what? No pressure. And then she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, he, he'll come in." I was like, "Wow." Um, so yeah, he's like. Yeah, you got some really great guests this year. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. Like I, I'm not. I, I got great. We both got great we guests. We did. We did. We really kind of nailed it. Thank you, Tanya. Yeah. <laughs> really, like we didn't book any of that. <laughs> All of our dream guests was either EP. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks, Tanya. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, if you haven't read any of Alexander Chi's work, I highly recommend you do. Um, he wrote this amazing book, Edinburgh, and his latest work is called How to Write an Autobiographical Novel. And um, it deals with um, his Korean-American identity, mm. what it means to be a writer, what it means to be a teacher, and how to also, you know, um, write and 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 um, communicate trauma, which is right. something that, you know, people of color are always trying to navigate in their lives. Mm. And the way he deals with trauma... Um, you know, cultural trauma, intergenerational trauma, sexual um, abuse trauma is written. It's so beautiful the way that he um, encapsulates it. So, yeah. Um, you also had Benjamin Law as yeah, well. Yeah, Benjamin Law. Ah, oh, that blew my mind. Me that too. was such a great interview. <laughs> that was another one of the like dream moments. I was like, Benjamin Law, one of my, you know, media idols, and mm. he was such a gracious and generous person. So, um, yeah, it was amazing to. Um, have him in talking about his um, uh, documentary, Watching the Dragon, which awakened for a lot of people, not just, you know, me and us at FBI, but I think for everyone who watched that documentary, a sense of Australian history that they had never had touched on, you know? It's, yeah. you know, by the very nature of, you know, our education system where we get, you know, surface understandings of Aboriginal culture and history. And he opened this door, well, a door to um, the side of Australian history that not many people had known about, which is, you know, how far um, back Chinese immigration had gone and how interconnected it was with Indigenous peoples in Australia way before, like, settler, white settlers had come to yeah. um, come to Australia. So, yeah. Because that's a big um, groundbreaking thing to discuss as well is the history of this country and the fact that a lot of what's embedded in what we see and how um, we consume our content, our health, our education, it's all kind of derivative of the British colonial empire, right? But they didn't have first contact with us. Mm. And that's something that a lot of people don't know. They don't recognise, especially when we go, we're about to go into 2020. Like, you know, it's going to be cook on crack everywhere through here because it's 250 years of cook and it's going to be very um, hard testing times for First Nations people because there's going to be a lot of misinformation going around about cook and about what cook brought um to australia to well you know he didn't really even bring anything to australia he didn't really he was like the instigation of um you know white supremacy and colonization in this country it was really um the 1788 fleet that came through um that initiated everything so to discuss that and break that apart especially from like a chinese perspective mm. as well because like first age people we're coming at this all the time saying this yeah. you know like you know like, you didn't have first contact with us yeah you did you went you know your 250 years of false history pretty mm. much and so when you got someone else from a different perspective coming and being like yeah my people collaborated with your people yeah. with first nation people before the white people came 
it's um it just adds another layer of value on top of these types of conversations. Absolutely, especially if uh, if you're like me and a first generation immigrant, and what it means to be uh, a migrant on stolen land. I mean, essentially, we're settlers too, and there are like government policies that um, help that along. You know, the Colombo Plan, which um, took in um, you know an entire generation of people from around Asia to come study in um, in Australia. Uh, amazing for them, but also uh, an action of displacement for Indigenous people. Mm. So it's something we're always trying to reflect on and understand um, as part of our history together. Yeah. Another one more guest of mine that I really loved, um, which was really different for us too, but something that really needed to be a part of the Race Matters conversations was when we had um, Damien Griffiths on. He was a leading advocate for human rights for First Nations people living with disability. So we talked a lot about the intersectionality and social model of um, care within um, the company that he worked with. And it was really, um, oh God, he really opened my eyes a lot to... um, you know, disability and living with disability as a First Nations person and how, you know, when you create a model of care around all of it, like you really have to do it in a way that is culturally aware and that culture comes first, which is the simple solution for a lot of things. But um, to have him come in and talk from that angle, because we have so many chats back and forth on this, we we cover so many areas here, but that was just not an area that we covered, but being able-bodied or or not being able-bodied. And so him coming in and sharing his knowledge with us there, it was really... uh, um, Yeah, it it was one of those chats for me that I just, like, really walked away being like, wow, like, I've... I've like that was because I have these chats you guys not always feel fulfilled in that but that was just a whole different um value that he he kind of brought to the table for our little archive there yeah and it was just yeah it was just a he was just such a humble gracious man as well like we get so many beautiful energies in these studios with all of the guests that we have it's a really it's really a privilege to have this type of show and to have this type of space with these guests you are listening to Race Matters right now on FBI Radio 94.5. You're with Darren Lasagas and Sada Khan. We're taking a bit of a look back on uh, this year, 2019. We are close to wrapping up. In fact, this is our last uh, episode together this year, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, you're coming on to Corey Radio with me at the end of the week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Can't get enough of you. <laughs> Here's an artist we've had come through recently as well this year, Rainbow Chan. This is Gao Suo. <laughs>
one of the guests who came through for Race Matters this year, Sydney's Rainbow Chan, uh, and our beautiful, uh, talented, amazing executive producer, Tanya Ali, had interviewed her. <laughs> She's shaking her head at me. Uh, you I don't know, know why she gets so shamed when we guess her up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we guess her up in the studio, she sits behind there, like, shake, like, doing, like, all the big, no, no, no. No, 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 not me, not, not me. me. No, no, no. <laughs> With that I mean, accent as well. Yeah, I don't know what that accent <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, not me, not me. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to Race Matters right now with Sada Khan and Darren Lasagas. We're taking a bit of a look back on 2019, some of the moments of Race Matters. And uh, I want to also take a moment to like think of some cultural moments that happened um, beyond this show that are worth noting. And one of them was the recent ARI Awards in which Sampa the Great uh, won the ARI Award for Best Hip Hop Release. And she tweeted about it and she said... When I first came to Australia, I did not have any concept of its black history or music industry. Last night, I won the ARI Award for Best Hip Hop Release. First woman of colour to do so. I hope the music industry here starts to truly reflect the community in Australia. And this is a, a bit of a, a, an excerpt from her uh, thank you speech. It's really bittersweet that in 2019, I'm the first woman of colour to win in a hip hop category. I really hope I'm not the last. I hope the change of this category pushes us to talk about how diverse black music can be and I hope the Australian music industry starts to reflect how our community looks like. Um, yeah, really amazing moment from Sampa the Great, uh, who we've been championing here at um, FBI Radio since the Great Mixtape, pretty much, which came out in, what, like 2015 or something? Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, I think 2015. Yeah, she's an incredible artist. And I actually saw um, at another award ceremony her um, uh, video for, uh, I think it was Final Form, win Best Video of the Year. And her um, director came up on stage and made a similar speech in which he wished that um, we could move past this fad of quote unquote diversity in the media and in creative industries in Australia and move to actual representation intersectionality, which is such a powerful moment in a room full of people who actually call those shots, you know? Yeah, they're the gatekeepers of whatever diversity is, def like, however they define diversity, which is essentially um, one black person in a room full of white people, which is not a safe space yeah. at all. And they're the gatekeepers of that. They define and decide what goes and what doesn't on the stories that they tell and that's what's we've talked a lot about that on the show this yeah, year representation heaps, yep. and authenticity and yep. self-determination in the stories that we consume and we um create and produce um and we talked a lot about that in terms of jordan pills um yeah like, just in terms of films that have come out this year real um big moment like turning moments um culturally this year with creative content and we did a big episode on us on Jordan yep. Peele and us and the anger that people had when he said that he what did he say oh god I can't remember it was like in May wasn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. he said something along like don't quote me here but it was something along the lines of he only will put black people as protagonists in his, his film films, yeah. as the main characters in his films he will never have a white person be a main person in his film and everyone lost their minds yeah. um it was like the full um rhetoric reverse racism we even yeah. had people text in at us being like reverse racism which yeah. just like makes me laugh like, <laughs> makes me slack but makes me laugh um because it happens now and i'm just like cute <laughs> yeah. Go, go read a book and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> give, you know, give us a listen. <laughs> 94.5 FM. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was... What other films have kind of... 
come out this year or TV series or even music that you think kind of contributed to um, what Jordan Peele which was, put it, what was putting out there, which was the self-determination mm. of your narrative? Yeah. Um, one episode we did recently was uh, with a couple of Sydney uh, creatives and uh, kind of movers and shakers, I guess, Ying Yin and Justin Tam. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, Ying yes, yes, yes. They, If you remember, about a year ago, they came on and, and spoke with me about Crazy Rich Asians, yes. which kind of changed the game for film and Asian representation in mainstream uh, uh, movie movies. Um, but we all, they also came on this this year and we talked about The Farewell, which uh, stars mm. uh, Okafina, who was also in Crazy Rich Asians. And it um, was a beautiful film um, in which, if you haven't seen it, um, it follows um, Billy, who lives in New York and finds out that her um, grandmother is terminally ill. So she goes back to uh, her homeland in uh, Hong Kong and um, the family decide to keep her, it a secret from the grandma that she is uh, going to die. And it, it becomes this entire uh, push and pull between her and her extended family over what is culturally the right thing to do socially and then emotionally what is the right thing to do in that situation because they're all kind of dealing with their own ideas of what it means to be um, in a family and Billy comes from this Western perspective and so do her parents of um, being Chinese Americans and how they think they should be approaching the situation and I think for um, Ying Di Yin and Justin Tam it opened a lot, a lot of uh, conversations with them and their family about what it means to be Asian Australian mm. uh, me also in that you know when we go back to our um, homelands who, who, how do we see ourselves and how do our family see us? It's it's kind of an age-old question when you're an immigrant living in Australia. Yeah. Um, you're two, you're an Asian here and you're an Australian in Asia. So, yeah, it's it's just kind of like another page in this conversation of um, of what it means to be a first-generation immigrant. And, um, yeah, I recommend you see you, you see that film. Um, it's uh, beautifully shot. And, um, and I, I, I um, was really interested in this idea of food because I know in a lot of, you know, POC kind of representations, food is so central to what it means to be a person of color. And in um, Chinese films, it's always really like, exoticized and like in crazy rich asians the food and like the making the dumplings was such a place of like um you know a feast for the eyes whereas in the farewell it was it was represented where never seen it done as a you know a side of conflict or a side of like clashing of personalities and cultures and like meals were not um you know easy things to have been sitting through so for that very reason it's 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 totally unique um so yeah yeah um, what about I'm- musical artists Musical artists, um, see, I've been, see, Dallas Woods has been someone that's really, like, kind of um, jumped into my radar this year, uh, Dallas Woods and um, Philly, especially Philly because he did the Brown Skin Girl um, track as well. And, um, yeah, them two rappers really have contributed to um, rap in Australia, but with um, our First Nations um, perspective and narrative um, in a way that is, I don't think has really been done yet mm. in this industry. Um, you know, like we know we know Briggs and we know Bad Apples and they all come under Bad Apples and things like that as well. Oh, I know that Philly does. Yeah. I don't know about Dallas Woods, um, but we know that. But then like it was just like an extra contribution to it because I feel like we have such a um, 
thing in this country where like the industry will just to recycle the same people, mm. you know, for commentary on, um, you know, on our affairs and things like that. So we just kind of hear the same voice. We're not really hearing like the multitude of voices that there are and the different um, narratives that there are and the different um, backgrounds that people have based on um, their location, their geographical location. And so, you know, it's so great now that like I, I've really loved watching um, that part of our music industry um the like the rap industry for aboriginal rappers really grow mm. this year um i think it's become a lot more easier for um our own community of people to engage with rap because rap is not really something like rap is obviously like a political tool and a form of expression and a form of resistance mm-hmm. um against um colonial structures but um to have like a whole this this year, there's just been a whole multitude of voices that jumped in on it. So now there's many different forms of um, Aboriginal rap artists in the game now. Yeah, like you've got um, you know not just Baker Boy yeah. or um, Kobe Briggs. D. You've got Kobe D now. Yeah. You've got yeah, you've got Nookie as well. Um, and then you've got Kaiet in there too. And Kaiet has just like come up and just really shifted everything on a whole other level because she's so unapologetically her. Mm. Also an ARIA award winner. Or also an ARIA uh, award. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like this year, like, cause we had that, you had the ARIAs and you had the actors straight after, mm. um, which is the film industry. And I have never seen the red carpet so black before. That's amazing. For both those areas. And that's because of these, like this is because of our people not waiting for someone to give them that um, pathway into the industry. Like mm. we talk about gatekeepers a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a, something that comes up a lot for us. It's a constant stereotype we have to break down as, um, First Nations people as people of colour, but mainly being Aboriginal is that this constant stereotype that we're given handouts, which is um, like it's an old, old um, racial stereotype, but it's still ongoing. It still lives on. And the thing is, is that these pathways, you see our mob come through and these pathways, this is all just being created by mob, by them. Mm. This is fully unapologetically theirs. And it was really exciting watching the Aria's red carpet and the actors and seeing oh, just so, good. so many black faces from so yeah. many different nations yeah. as well. Yeah, Mojo Juju as well. Yeah, Thelma Plum. Thelma Plum. I really loved Thelma Plum's music this year too. Oh, incredible yeah, album. Yeah, I really... Because that's not my type of music. <laughs> I'm just putting it out Big, there. Yeah, say not my, it's not my type of music, but damn, there were some songs on there. I was like, this is speaking to me. Um... Yeah, Better in Black was something oh. that was really, really spoke to me this year just in terms of my own traumas. Yeah, she she, she really surprised me this year, Thelma Plum. Yeah, adding on to the rap game, um, and this is probably going to spark a conversation that we'll have to save for another time, but um, the presence of Pacific Islander rap in Australia right now is so strong. Mm. Hooligan Hefts, yeah. uh, HP Boys, um, and then obviously One Four, yeah. uh, which um, no doubt you've seen the conversation spark yeah. up a bunch of things. Over uh, well, the past but just few in weeks. terms of the policing of Absolutely. their um, of their concert of their tour, yeah. it's just grotesque. Yeah, it's a super nuanced question because a lot of people, when I speak to them about uh, one four, is they come at me with the argument that it's toxic masculinity at its uh, at its finest uh, being unfolded here, and it's such a nuanced conversation because. Yes, that area of um, rap and what they put out uh, is masculine, but their masculinity is a reclamation of their culture after generations of having been um, oppressed. I'm sorry, but one of the most celebrated parts of this country that has hunt, like millions and millions of money funneled into it and is the centre, like the breeding ground for toxic masculinity is NRL. Oh, 
is football. So you want to come out there and like claim that this like group of disenfranchised boys are trying to reclaim their narrative of toxic mm-hmm. mass, toxic like toxic and dangerous and things like that. Like every like you know, it is proven that like domestic violence incidents spike after state of origin. Yeah. The night of state of origin after because of alcohol fueled yeah. violence in the home and what the what that um game brings out in men in terms of that toxic masculinity. So yeah. like you wanna chuck that out there, let's go for I it. I absolutely hope you're calling them out too. Um when yeah, when when you try and pose that argument to one four and it's like you like you only need to read the headlines to see the absolute well not I mean it is a hypocrisy because there are you know meetings of literal neo Nazis happening where they throw events and concerts that police allege are they're unable to stop yeah. whereas One Four's entire national tour got canned and yeah. it's like and it's because it's people of color resisting and it's people of yeah. color having a position of power to have a group like that doing a national tour. And who those boys are and what they're doing for their community, you know, they're going to be inspiring a lot of those boys out there, a lot of those young people out there to take control of their space and their voice and form their own agendas. And that's something that scares the system. Yeah. They say it so clearly themselves. They say, you want us off the streets, but you won't let us play shows. It's yeah. just literally as simple as that. Um, so we are close to wrapping up Ooh. our final episode together for 2019. But when do you think... I mean, like, what was your, like, turning point for Race Matters this year? Uh, the Our turning point for Race Matters definitely has to be when we introduced the question, when did you realise your race made you powerful? When we introduced that to our guests, it really levelled us up, mm. I think, and it's given us an opportunity to create an archive of really strong dialogues and something that like we don't know what's going to happen with this show but when we can look back on the like a lot of young if you want like to find a point of reference for those for someone to be talking about that from a multitude of different identities and racial backgrounds that's something that we've created here and i think that was a really great turning point for us couldn't have said it by myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're just too deadly. <laughs> Proper deadly. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's it. Well, 2019 with uh, Darren Lasagas and Sada oh. Khan. Uh, we've said goodbye to Georgia Mokak and Ryan Clapham, who started the show with us, but they are forever in the hearts yes. of uh, this show here at Race Matters. And a massive thank you again to Tanya Ali, mm. who is the woman behind the scenes who makes this show happen. Uh, uh, We're just a talent, you know? I know. We just I talk... We just we just talk. <laughs> we talk, but we we break barriers. Yeah. And Tanya sends the emails. Tanya yeah. sends the emails. She's just lucky that she's got us on here. Then we just know how to talk shit. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go out with a song by Sampa the Great. This is Final Form, and uh, you are listening to Race Matters. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Bye. Already active, only four years, fantastic, young veteran, 
you classic Nah, knock the walls off Fuck the whole key, we gon' hinge the whole door off I'm still AD, never forget it It's life after death, roll the credits Race matters. 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 Race matters.